We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Laker Nation? I think I messed up the intro. was expecting to have the uh, Trevor's intro. I think, uh, yeah, I picked the wrong one. That is, that is my apologies. Went back to the old intro for a sec that's on me but welcome in to lakerstation.com live post game show my name is sean davis uh trevor is going through some technical technical difficulties he's gonna try to make it in as soon as he possibly can but welcome in from youtube facebook and twitter we're gonna break down what was a kind of a rough game to watch from the start the lakers fought back they actually had the lead at one point in the third quarter. It was only a one-point lead at halftime. And the Lakers just couldn't hit enough shots to uh, ultimately get the win. They lose 126 to 115 tonight. Anthony Davis, I mean, we can start with some of the box score stuff, and then we'll get into some of our super chats and other comments here. Um, Anthony Davis, just a spectacular performance from AD. 40 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, a block, hit two threes, eight of 10 from the line, 15 of 26 from the field tonight. Torian Prince, shout out to him, 17 points. He was five of 12 from deep. LeBron James, 16 points, nine rebounds, eight assists in 37 minutes. Rui Achimura, 12 points. He, he really got going in garbage time. He had a couple of threes late to help his stats out. And then Austin Reeves, 11.6 boards and three assists off the bench. But, I mean, it kind of came down to LeBron had a stinker game, right? And this is LeBron had a bad game. Might be his worst game of the season, to be quite honest with you. Uh, like I said, 16 points, nine boards, eight assists, three turnovers. Shot five of 14 from the field. Uh, only took two threes, five of six from the line. But uh, the Lakers as a team... They shot 40% from three. So you technically got a good shooting performance from the Lakers team. 16 to 21 from the free throw line. They didn't get severely out rebound. They actually lost the rebounding battle by one. They won the offensive rebounding battle by a couple. Um, turnover margin 12 to eight in favor of the Celtics. So the Celtics did a better job taking care of the basketball. But this wasn't like the Lakers just shot themselves in the foot tonight necessarily right this is more so i thought some of the officiating was bad i did but i thought to be quite frank with you the lakers just gave the celtics too many easy looks at times 
And LeBron, who's probably your best offensive player, just had a bad game. I think that can happen, right? So I'm not gonna, I'm not, and this is gonna get viewed at as a like LeBron, a, 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 a uh, try to think of the, the wording here, but as a LeBron stand or LeBron supporter here. But like, this is my view on basketball in general. You're allowed to have a bad game every once in a while, right? Like, like I said, this is probably LeBron's worst game of the season, right? So, I'm mad. I'm frustrated at LeBron for sure. But I know that, like, this isn't normal. This isn't, like, what we're used to from LeBron. So, um, yeah. Let's get to uh, – let's get – I'm not saying, excuse me, like, LeBron was bad tonight, like, for sure. Bold Sports says, Bench Hayes, number one knee at the trade deadline is a backup big yeah because jackson hayes just isn't it and somebody said it perfectly on playback playback.tv slash lakers nation and I, I i thought they said it best and it was jackson hayes is weirdly uncoordinated and that makes perfect sense and that's a great explanation of what jackson hayes is when he throw him the ball on, on a roll opportunity he, he had a play i think austin and him had a pick and roll pocket pass to Jackson Hayes. He badly misses the dunk, I think. Yeah, he's just super weirdly coordinated, and that doesn't even talk about the defensive side of the ball. Papa Travis here. Ah, oh, crap. I'll try to add him. Bah humbug, Sean. Bah humbug. I, hi. I don't know what that means. So hi. We, we, got, we got a lump of coal on Christmas Day. I had a little bit of, of uh, issue here connecting, but finally here I am. Ah, Lakers fall to the Celtics on on Christmas Day. Sean, this was uh this was not the closing to Christmas Day that we were hoping for here. No, it was not. And uh we we talked about a little bit of it already, but would you yeah, just a just a rough game from the beginning and they got our hopes up with that great second quarter and even had the lead to start off the third, just just a rough game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was unfortunate all the way through, you know. I I look at this and I know that when we when we dive into our analysis of this game, like we have to mention to mention that this was not a good LeBron day. And I know that the LeBron stands are going to come out and they're going to be upset at people that are criticizing LeBron. We tend to just call it like we see it. If LeBron has a great game, I am going to shout it from the mountaintops that he was great today. Unfortunately, he was not great. Anthony Davis was great. LeBron James was not great in this game. And I think that we were a great LeBron game away from a win in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, it sucks. Braun, yeah, just a, just a rough game. Not throwing any bail here. Curious to know how much the knee bothered him. And actually, I'm willing to bet money LeBron probably misses the next game. Not going to lie. I think it's Charlotte. Is, is that right? I think it's yes. Charlotte. Yes, right? yep, Charlotte. I bet money LeBron doesn't play against Charlotte. First time I have a back-to-back two. Am I wrong? Uh, let me, I'll have to look at the schedule and see, but anyway, um, yeah, I agree with Trevor. So you're, you're a good LeBron game away from probably winning. You're a, a, a critical lineup change away from winning this game too. Like this wasn't just simply the Lake. The Celtics were just that much better than you. I thought the Lakers, when the game kind of settled down about midway through the first quarter, when the game really settled down, I thought the Lakers did a great job in terms of like their scouting report and stuff like that with, with what Boston does really, really well, how to guard Tatum. 
like if I pull back up the uh, the box score here, Tatum had 25 points, but if you can like not foul him the entire game, Cam Reddish, Jackson, the entire team, like this is a really good job. I thought they really guarded Tatum and Brown nicely combined for 13 for 32 shooting and two for 11 from three, but they combined for 17 free throws. So like just, uh, uh, no, my bad, 20 free throws. Just got to tie some stuff up, but I'm excited to play them again yeah, for sure. Uh, not not the second night of a back-to-back coming up. We have Charlotte coming up on Thursday, and then Saturday is the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road, and then a back-to-back against the New Orleans Pelicans, which to me puts that much more importance on winning the game against Charlotte because then you go Minnesota-New Orleans back-to-back. Um, that's going to be a real tough, on the road, by the way, back-to-back. That's a really, really tough two-game stretch there to close out 2023, December 30th and 31st, Minnesota and New Orleans. So yeah. you have to, to me, I tend to look at this as you have to win the games against the bad teams. Like yeah. the game they, they lost against the Spurs was egregious because you have to win those games. You have to win against Charlotte because there's no guarantee you're getting the win in Minnesota again in Minnesota. And then second night of a back-to-back in New Orleans in Charlotte becomes a must win or against Charlotte, I'm sorry, becomes a must win. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sean, looking at this game, um, again, I didn't think it was a great LeBron performance in this one. I thought he he wasn't, and by great LeBron, by obviously his standards are very, very high. You know, you look at, at the box score and LeBron James, nine boards, eight assists, that's just fine. But five of 14 shooting, 16 points, that's certainly not, not ideal. But I also look at, you know, 28 free throws for the Boston Celtics, 21 for the Lakers. I'm extremely biased the way that I watch these games. I'm going to view it through purple and gold lenses. But did you feel like the Celtics got the better of the whistle tonight? Yeah, and incoming rant. And this is going back to my the, the problems with the challenge rule. I like that they changed it, right? But the fact that you have to challenge in general just bogus calls is ridiculous, right? Yeah. They originally called the foul on LeBron, right? But Scott Foster pulls a uh, an okie doke saying, oh, great block by LeBron, but, you know, Valentorian, okay, whatever. They, but you had to burn another one earlier in the game. I thought Kristaps got some really, like, all-star, like, superstar-level calls that, for crying out loud, LeBron and AD don't even get half the time. So I thought, I mean, look at the free throws, and you're going to say, well, this is fairly, you know, even or whatever. The Celtics were in the bonus from, like, seven minutes onward in mm-hmm. the third quarter like that's that's ridiculous and the lakers are literally the best team in the nba defending without fouling now granted boss is number two but come on i, I thought the refs were, were, were pretty bad which look i mean you could say well it was 28 to 21 yes but when you're in the bonus and you're no you know For you're in the bonus quarter. that changes the way you play defense yeah it changes the way you defend so Again, I, I hesitate to put this all on the officials or anything like that. And sure. again, I want to acknowledge I viewed this through purple and gold lenses. It's very possible that that is beyond influencing my opinion here. But I felt like the Celtics got the better of the whistle in this game and that it was a there were a bunch of big moments that went the Celtics way with the officiating. And so that I thought was a little bit of a concern here. But um I guess where we really need to go before we get into some of our super chats, by the way, again, thank you guys for, for the super chats that are coming in. Appreciate all of you. Merry Christmas, of course, to all of you as well. Um, Sean, the starting lineup, 
you know, <laughs> especially to start off the game in the first quarter, AD, Prince, Vando, LeBron, Cam Reddish, that's a lineup that on paper you look at it and you say, okay, well, they're going to get it done with stops. They're going to get it done by forcing turnovers. They're going to get it out, out in transition because there's no floor spacing. They're not going to get anything in the half court. That didn't happen. In the first quarter, they got lit up. I need to look at the at the data. I need to look at how long you know Darvin played all of these units. But I feel like the shortcomings of the starting five really were magnified in this game. Is this the starting lineup long-term, or do we think... Darwin shifts back to a more traditional starting five. It could be as simple as just putting Austin Reeves into the starting five in exchange for, I don't know, Cam or, or something One like or that. What, what do you think? Yeah, literally just pick Austin, like throw Austin back in there and literally choose one of Cam or Vando. I actually right? like they did. They ran both lineups where it was Austin, Cam, Torian, LeBron, AD. I like that a lot. And they went Austin, uh, Torian, LeBron, Vando, AD. I like both of those lineups. Like, literally just pick one of them. I don't care uh, which lineup you pick. I probably lean more towards the Cam lineup personally, but it's not that big of a deal, right? And I said this going into the OKC game. I like the lineup change for that specific game. Get something new out there, and you have a, a multitude of different options for a, a team that has a, a bunch of great perimeter uh, options, right? But I, I also said in that same token heading into OKC that you needed to eventually go Austin the starting five because in terms of sustainability, and I talked about this uh, after the Thunder game, that just there just wasn't going to be able to sustain that level of A, shot making, <laughs> right. and, and B, just like just in general, that sustain that level of play. And it's no coincidence that this team got killed in both segments to start the game and to start the second half even a little bit where – both of those lineups really got torched. Even defensively, they both got torched a little yeah. bit too. So um, I, I do think that the long-term move, and hopefully it happens as soon as next game, who knows? But I think it, it has to be going to Austin, the starting five, over one of those two uh, wing players. I, I think you're spot on when you're looking at last game, the Lakers on the offensive end. You wouldn't have expected it. In the first quarter, they came out red hot with this lineup that is – I mean, on paper, is offensively deficient. They came out red hot. They were hitting everything. Meanwhile, giving up a bunch of buckets, it was the exact opposite of what you would expect to happen. But it was a small sample size. I think you take the starting five over a period of 10 games, 20 games, it, it will ultimately fall into a unit that can do some good things defensively, but offensively is going to struggle. And we saw them struggling to get stops as well. They weren't getting it done defensively. And that really puts you behind the eight ball in a very difficult position. I think you have to go more with a unit that can provide some floor spacing, some defense as well. That means putting Austin Reeves into that starting lineup if it's not going to be D'Angelo Russell. All right, let's get into some of our Super Chat questions coming in. Um, again, welcome in on this, this Christmas day. Unfortunately, we did get coal in our stockings here uh, from the Lakers with the loss to those goons in green. Uh, Mikhail said, LeBron's age showed today. No answer for mismatches with Chris. Celtic transitions got the better of us. Please put in Christie and Wood. No more Jackson Hayes. Uh, Sean, let, let's go there. Jackson Hayes uh, played a total of nine minutes, which is more than he played last game. In nine minutes, he was 0 for 1 from the field, 0 from 2 from the free throw line, one rebound, minus five, zero points. 
why is this not Christian? Why is Jackson Hayes getting these minutes over Christian Wood first and foremost? And then is this just more evidence that the Lakers, the biggest priority for them, or one of the biggest priorities has to be a big on the trade market? I, I think so. I think you got to go get a big. We were talking about Nick Richards a ton, which is he's my guy for for the Hornets. One of the biggest drawbacks, and uh, I didn't I didn't know this for some reason. So I mean, shame on me, I guess. But we were talking about this on playback. We were going through big options, and one of the things we mentioned was, okay, you got to go get a mobile big, which is why I think Christian Wood isn't really playing because defensively. The Lakers want to be a little bit more mobile. Jackson mm-hmm. Hayes kind of fits that bill. AD, his role defensively this year is be more mobile where he can play drop. He can hedge, switch out. We saw a lot of switching from this Lakers team tonight. But you go through all the all the bigs in the NBA that there are mobile bigs that I think have played at least 200 minutes. In the top like eight in terms of defensive LeBron and all the advanced analytical categories, there's Nick Richards sitting right there. So Lakers, do whatever it takes. Go get Nick Richards from Charlotte please um but uh so i guess that's kind of my explanation too for why they aren't playing christian wood and the max christie piece i'm the max guy but he just wasn't hitting shots and i i will play devil's advocate for max so i don't think they put him in the most advantageous spots on either end of the floor but i mean it makes some sense why max hasn't really played recently although with Gabe Vincent being out for the next six to eight weeks, you can potentially make the argument that Max creeps back in the rotation, at least gets another opportunity to. Now, I've got people in the chat, including Bori here, who said, try Castleton. I don't, I mean, look, G League stats are different than NBA stats. But Colin Castleton is lighting it up in the G League right now. He's averaging off top of my head. I tweeted this out the other day. 1.6 blocks. I know he's in double figures when it comes to to rebounds. Um, He's scoring well, shooting 60% from the field. Here it is. He's at 18.7 points on 60% shooting, 76% from the line, 11.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.6 blocks for the South Bay Lakers. Is there, and I'm not. Look, G League stats can be deceiving, so I'm not saying the Lakers have the solution sitting right here in in the G League, and all they have to do is put them in. But if you don't believe in Christian Wood to the degree that you're playing Jackson Hayes, and Jackson Hayes isn't giving you much right now off the bench, until you can go trade for somebody, are they at a point right now where they should just, why not see if Colin Castleton can be something in six to 10 minutes per game. Is that, is that really where we should be right now? I think realistically, I think the only way they play con Castleton is if injury happens just realistically, right? I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I mean, your, your big situation is kind of in shambles right now. Anyway. Um, My only concern is again, is is he in the same boat as like Christian Wood defensively where the, the Lakers want to go more mobile and hedge a bit more and play a little bit more on the perimeter can Colin Castleton do that? So that's my only like, um, that's my only thing I'm pushing back on. But I mean, hey, why not at this point, right? No, it's a it's a fair and very real concern, right? If the if the benefit of Jackson Hayes is more mobility, and I think you're spot on, it is more mobility. If you have Jackson Hayes out on the floor, he's quick footed, more he's got more agility than a typical center does. 
Absolutely. Certainly more than Jackson Hayes does. Uh, I'm sorry, certainly more than Christian Wood does. Certainly more than Colin Castleton does. But if we're at the point where Jackson Hayes is, isn't giving you much, then fouling a few times in his minutes anyway, maybe you do land at the spot where you say, well, why not? Um, the flip side would be Christian Wood. I'm still a believer. I still believe he's not a 28% three-point shooter. I think over the course of the season, he's going to edge closer to that 37% that he is on his career. And if you believe that positive regression is coming, why not give him a look? I, I guess I guess Sean, where I really land is someone other than Jackson Hayes <laughs> needs, needs to be getting those minutes right now. Nick Richards, baby. Yeah, there, there you go. If you could trade for Nick, Nick Richards, trade for somebody, get it done. Uh, Sheesh said, can we ever go back to the lineup that got us to the Western Conference Finals? Not a big fan of D'Lo and AR not playing with LeBron anymore. So he's, I'm not a I'm big assuming fan of those two players together in general right now. <laughs> you know, it was always a gamble. We talked about it over the offseason, right? That that Austin Reeves and D'Lo have a somewhat complementary skill set on the offensive end in that they're so interchangeable. Uh, but defensively, there's some concerns there. The Lakers last season mitigated those defensive concerns by throwing out Jared Vanderbilt, who is, let's say, offensively challenged, uh, but will give you some good things on the defensive end. So why are we not at least seeing that, like, that worked all the way up until the Western Conference Finals? Why are we not seeing that? Why are we not seeing Austin Reeves, D'Lo, Vando, LeBron AD? So this is a working theory I just put in my head together. Literally in the past, like, 90 seconds that you were talking. So okay. follow me here. Who who defensively are you more... Or, or who who defensively are you more, like, bought into? Vando or D'Lo slash Austin? Vando. Defensively? Defensively, it's Vando, Vando. right? Okay, Vando, cool. all day. But last season, based on the Lakers' scheme defensively, which is a lot more drop-based, which... You know, mm -hmm. focuses a lot more on screen navigation. Who does that cater more to, Dilo or Austin? I'm D Dilo, Austin, Dilo slash Austin, or Vando. Oh, if you're in a drop, that probably good, caters good more question. to Dilo and Austin. True. Yeah, which, yeah, that's true. So with the Lakers making a defensive shift, which again makes some sense to where we're going to switch more, we're going to hedge more. That negates your screen navigation problem, which was Vando's biggest weakness. Okay, cool, Vando, go cook defensively. But now. D'Lo and Austin are in probably less advantageous spots defensively because now teams can switch on. And we saw it a couple of times tonight where Boston just set like flare screen actions with Tatum and another defender that also is probably guarding. First time got an open three for Derek White because they didn't want to switch. Eventually the Lakers had to switch. Tatum gets an open layup because it's Austin on Tatum or something like that, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of why I, I think they maybe gone away from it a little bit because one – if you're going to switch more, okay, cool. We're just going to go attack Austin and D'Lo all god darn day. And then, okay, cool. If you want to, like, try to mitigate their defensive, you know, uh, weaknesses, okay, cool. There's no need to have Jared Vanderbilt on the floor anymore because what he's great at, you're saying, hey, we're going to do the thing you're not good at, and you're ineffective offensively. So why is Vando playing at this point? So, again, very weird theory I just put together in my head, but I think – you're going to run into a problem one way or another defensively by having that group on the floor. Because if you switch, we're just going to attack sure. Austin and D'Lo. If you play drop, which is catering but more to them because they are not bad screen navigators, Vando is, though. So now, Vando, what you're on the, what are you on the floor for? 
So I don't know. Maybe a bad theory, but that's kind of what I put together like the last 90 seconds. Okay. So in general, what this boils down to is that Darwin's playing the wrong personnel together, right? Based on his scheme. If you want to switch more, then he, I just don't think you can play Delo and Austin together. Okay. So then, then why, like the lineup that I think is at least interesting is Reeves, Reddish, Rui, LeBron AD. I think I tweeted out a hat to like that. That needs to be the starting lineup. <laughs> what I are mean, we so, doing? Some, sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer, right? That should be the starting five. It feels easy. Why is this so difficult? Rui wasn't even good tonight. I think we're all in agreement that that needs right? to be the starting lineup. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Rui. Yeah, you're, you're right. Rui was not good tonight. Rui Hachimura, five of fourteen, two for nine, three boards. 12 points in 29 minutes. That's not that's not good enough from him. Yeah. Um if you really if you really wanted to you could say okay, well, Torian Prince was 5 of 12 from deep. That's fine. You know, four boards, three assists, one steal, 17 points. Pretty good night from Torian Prince. Okay, Torian Prince, right? It, it could be Reeves, Reddish, Prince, right? You could you could switch those but the principle is still the same. Reeves with a defensive backcourt mate in, in Cam Reddish Somebody who can provide you something on both ends of the floor, Torian, Rui, whoever it is at the three, LeBron and AD. It's that, not rocket science. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Instead, it's, it's hey, you know what it is, Sean? It's an overcorrection. It's an overcorrection. It's a, hey, we are starting to veer out of the lane to the right. Let's completely jerk the wheel to the left, and we're going to careen across traffic. That's what it is when you put out this lineup that is all defense, and no offense, which is the Lakers starting five right now, rather than just a small little turn of the wheel to get you back going straight down the lane. And that's what it would be if you just put in Reeves, who's been out playing D'Angelo Russell. You put in either Torian or Rui at the three. Go ahead with Cam Reddish to kind of balance out Austin Reeves. And off you go. It's too so easy. The lineup with Austin, Cam, Torian, LeBron, ADs played 34 possessions. They're a plus 21, but where the plus 21 comes in at is probably going to be dropped down both ways. They're scoring 144 yeah. points for 100 possessions, which is nuts. And Wait, defensively, which lineup is this? Austin, Cam, Torian, LeBron, AD. That Ooh. group is scoring 144 points per 100. Oh, my God. Defensively, they're giving up 122.5. So, like, I expect both of those numbers to drop a lot. Sure. But still, like, that's not a bad one. You're uh, winning by, like, one? 20. Austin, Cam, Rui, LeBron, AD. Is that the other one? Yeah. That group has played 44 possessions together. They are uh, a minus 16 points per 100. Okay. So that one has not been, been so good. But, you know, you could jump into small sample size and all that sort of stuff. But just, yeah. just on paper, right? I feel like the starting lineup that we're seeing right now is a bit of an overcorrection. It worked last game. I think it was a little bit of a shock to the system. It was a, oh my gosh, we're changing things. Everybody's got to really step it up. I think if you were to run this starting five for 20 games, you would start to see more of the deficiencies. And that's part of what reared its ugly head today. So really quick, last thing. Any form, the four-man combination of Braun, Austin, Cam, and AD is only a plus 0. 0.3 in 217 possessions. This group can score, but again, weirdly, they can't get any stops and 124 points allowed oh. per 100. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yikes. Weirdly. Spicy Mayonnaise said, I don't want to see trade AD ever again. Boy, you know, again, not a good LeBron James game. 40 points, 13 boards, four assists, one block for Anthony Davis. Eight of 10 from the free throw line, 15 of 26 shooting, two of four from deep. You can't ask for anything more out of Anthony Davis in this one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for ESPN's talking heads to talk about this run the AD's been on for like the past month now. Oh, wait, that doesn't fit their uh, agenda. You mean, that sucks. You mean because he wasn't uh, nickname fodder? Uh, by the way, let, let's just let's just make this official. Superstar of the night. I, I know we don't often give out that award and losses, but I mean it's it's obvious. Anthony Davis was phenomenal. Um, why why do you think that Anthony Davis doesn't get enough credit in the the national programs? Uh, one, he plays for the Lakers, and two, it's just fun to pick on him for for them. I guess I don't know. Um, where, where like the the first thing was oh street clothes where like eh, technically uh-huh. Paul George at the time Kawhi Clay Katie like all these a lot of these other dudes that were getting constant you know praise from mm-hmm. uh, the media just you know completely ignore their injury stuff but you know only gonna slander Anthony Davis um, also secondly because he what he's best at just doesn't get a bunch of like credit for for amongst the national media anyway that's his defense so like 80 can have a game where he scores 20 and the media's gonna be like, oh 80 be better but they're gonna ignore the 20 shots he deterred at the rim and help the lakers with a basketball game so i think that plays into it he's been so freaking good over this last 10 games or so the jumper recently at least has looked mm-hmm. is back uh, a couple of nights ago i said he was at 43 and a half percent from the mid-range on the month I have to go check again because surely that number has gone up even more. He's taking the three at the aggression that Darvin and the staff said they wanted him to at the beginning of the season. This is the Anthony Davis that 
we were hearing all the hype and all the praise and all the talk about out of training camp. This is the first thing that's come out of training camp in a positive way that's been true so far. And we're finally starting to see it. AD has been phenomenal. Yeah, Anthony Davis in the month of December, 27, I'm sorry, 28 points per game, 12 and a half rebounds, uh, 2.2 blocks, 1.1 steals, 50% from deep, 53% from the field, 74% for the free throw line. He's been absolutely phenomenal in the month of December. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really fit the whole, you know, street clothes narrative and, and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, Anthony Davis again has been, has been great and, and probably deserves a bit more recognition. I think part of it too, though, is the Lakers have had this, this downward slide since the tournament win. And so that's, it. you know, if the Lakers were rattling off wins, Anthony Davis would be getting a lot more pu- uh, publicity as well. Uh, Mike sure. Wolf threw threw in LeBron can't play good every night, Trev. Oh, I agree. I'm not I'm not saying it, LeBron James had a bad night as a way of being critical of him or saying he's bad for the Lakers this season. Just he just didn't have a great LeBron night. I mean, that's and that's to be expected from time to time. Unfortunately, it happened on Christmas, and, and that's that's the way it is. AD in the month of December is shooting 50% from the mid-range on almost four attempts per game. And I, I so still good. I still recoil a little bit when AD takes the mid-range shot because <laughs> he struggled too. with it before. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I'm happy to see AD shoot the ball more. All right, Northboro said, Braun did enough. If you play Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, D'Lo, line up in winning time and have AD on the bench, you will lose. Hayes is unplayable too. So there it is. Well, I'll be honest. I, I agree on Jackson Hayes, but Anthony Davis played 39 minutes in this game. I don't think you could look and say AD needs to play more than that. It was so bad that I said, I probably go small ball five uh, with Al Horford at the five. Instead of Jackson mm. Hayes, I think I said, just go Rui at the five. Screw it. I don't want yeah. to see Jackson Hayes on my screen. <sighs> Jackson, I, I feel, I feel for him. I feel for him, but you know the Lakers have got to get more. They got to get more out of the position. And again, I I think really like give me give me Daniel Gafford, give me Nick Richards, give me give me somebody. Let's go, Trevor's give, on the Nick Richards train. Give me give me somebody. I mean, that's I guess that that becomes my uh, as Christmas dwindles down, that becomes my Christmas wish. Uh, Brody said Lamar Odom starting five is official. I mean, this was supposed to be our continuity year, and the core from last year's barely run together. What was the starting five? Was it the same one that we I, talked about? I believe. Let me double check. Let me double check because I've seen it going around a bunch. Um, let me see. Let me double check what uh, what he had. Um, here it is. So Lamar Odom uh, wanted a starting five of LeBron, Austin, Rui, Vando, AD. I was just looking at that lineup. Wait, LeBron, Austin, Vando, Rui, AD. So that is the supersize lineup. That's, uh, I mean, I guess Vando is defending twos in that or defending whoever the most dangerous perimeter guy is. Yeah. Yeah. So Austin is, I guess, nominally your one. I mean, LeBron is your one. Whatever. It's very switchy defensively. AD's at the five. And then you've got four guys that could do various things. And LeBron, uh, Reeves, Rui, and, and Vando. That group has played 14 possessions, so very limited sample size, but they're plus 38 and a half. 
so small sample size, but sounds like Lamar Odom is is somewhat vindicated. You know, maybe maybe lost in all of this is that Lamar Odom being the guy to suggest playing all the wings that that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you just see like like wouldn't like you could sub out any uh, sub out either a Vando or Rui and put Lamar Odom in that lineup and he would thrive. Yeah. He would be Lamar Odom would be so good in the modern NBA, dude. He it would doesn't be. make sense. He would be. He'd be fantastic. Jason Kelly said, obviously, we weren't going to do this, but firing Darvin and hiring Nick Nurse gets us closer. No reason to spot 15 points with that lineup to start. I mean, that first quarter, that first quarter, especially most of the way through the first, that, um, yeah, you know, the Lakers pushed back a little bit, but 32 to 23 after the first quarter. And then you finish with 34 points scored in the second, 33 in the third, and then 25 in the fourth, and Celtics ultimately put it away. But that 32-23 first quarter puts you in a hole, and the Lakers just, they they took the lead at one point, but could never truly recover from that. Um, that's a disturbing trend that we've seen too often this season where the first quarter just sets them back. Is that a starting lineup fix? Is that a Darvin Ham fix? Where are we at with that? I think it's a starting lineup fix, but... Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, just imagine if you had waited one more year with Frank, and then you pulled the trigger last off season, and then you go get Nick Nurse. Oh man, that's and that's really what it is, you know. Because I do have Lakers fans saying, "Oh man, if we only had Frank Vogel still." I think that's very much a grass is is greener. And I've been I've been an advocate for Frank Vogel. I think he's a very good defensive coach with the right team. I think right now with the Suns, Suns fans are upset with Frank Vogel. But you did the same thing the Lakers did. You gave him a non-defensive team. And you just can't do that. That's not that's not his bread and butter. That's not what he does. Um, but I think there's some truth to what, to what you're saying here. The Lakers, they let go of Frank Vogel in a year when the the free agent coaching pool was not very deep. And so Darwin, I think, was was the best guy available, but it was a very shallow pool. Whereas if you don't make that decision of, okay, we're going to put this all on Frank Vogel. This is Russell Westbrook and all of this mess. It's all going to go on Frank Vogel and let's move ahead to the next season with a different coach. If you had waited one more year, just one more year, then the coaching pool looks very different. Um, again, I'm not saying Darvin Ham is a terrible coach, but man, I, I'd feel more confident with, with Nick Nurse at the helm right now. Like, I'm sure we would have gripes about Nick Nurse. I mean, our, sure. our buddy Luca definitely had some gripes about Nick. But I, I, I guarantee you, if we call Luca from Raptors Nation right now and said, hey, look, you have five coaches. You get to pick from any five coaches to lead your team in a playoff series. Who do you pick? I guarantee you Nick Nurse is in that is in those five. So, yeah. Frustrating. True. All right, let's let's uh, let's do this one here. Star in your role. The star in your role. Not going to Rui Hachimura, obviously, who didn't have a great game, but who do you think did step up in this game for the Lakers? And chat, and chat let, let me know your thoughts. Who do you think stepped up for the Lakers tonight? Uh, I think you got to go with, with Torian Prince. Um, it's frustrating because I feel like every big momentum three he misses, but... I'm not going to negate the fact that he hit five threes. He competes his butt off defensively. 
Um, yeah, Torian, and he was in a really rough stretch in November. I, you got to imagine he's, he's up to 40% of the season now from three. So I'll go, I'll go Torian. Great game for yeah. Torian. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Five of 12, 17 points, four boards, three assists, one steal. Uh, he was, he was, you know, solid 47% from three in the month of December, 13 points, four boards. You know, I still have people that are advocating for Torian Prince being off the floor. I think the only way you're looking at Torian Prince and saying he needs to be out of the game, by the way, he played 39 minutes in this one is if you don't like what he's doing defensively, because offensively in terms of the floor spacing, what he's giving you, he is absolutely on fire from deep. Yes, he had that one rough game against the Knicks. He was three for 13, but every other game in the month of December has been fantastic. Uh, well, he had an 0-2 game against Phoenix. Other than that, he's been great this month. Again, 47% from deep on the month. Can't ask for more than that. So I, I get if you're asking Torian Prince to be in a different situation defensively, if you're asking him to be your primary defensive stopper, you're probably asking him for do, to do something that is not in his wheelhouse. But offensively he's giving you everything that you could ask for and then some um so i think torian prince has been very good i think he's a he's a good pick and um i don't know if he should stick as a starter but he's a rotation player there's there's no there was a point where that was the discourse around torian prince was he's not even a rotation guy he's for sure a rotation player he just needed to bounce back from a bit of a shooting slump yeah for sure i mean the Lakers, I mean, and AD shooting the ball more definitely helps. But the Lakers now have six players that are shooting above 35% from three. Austin, D'Lo, Rui, Torian, LeBron, Anthony Davis. And Torian's at 39.5%. LeBron's right slightly above him at 41.3% from three. Um, yeah, I mean, just more positive regression from a couple of these guys, specifically Austin. Like, I still don't think he's a 36% three-point shooter rounding mm -hmm. up to get there. But, yeah, I mean... I, I think just Torian's shooting ability alone is always going to keep him in the rotation, whether he's in a slump or not. All right, Justin says, in a season and a half, has Ham ever changed the lineup at halftime? Uh, doubtful. I, I would have to look at it, though. Like, aside from injury, I feel like that's a pretty rare occurrence in the NBA today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't want to say it because I'm the Darvin Ham guy, apparently. Right. But, like, that's a rarity in general you rarely do that and you know what like I, I again i'm not see people get upset with the head coach whenever the lakers lose whenever any team loses their fan base gets upset with the head coach that just comes with the territory and so i don't i don't want to suggest that darvin's not making mistakes that he hasn't made mistakes again i think the starting lineup it's probably an overcorrection and my belief is that over time we will see that play out. We will see that come to fruition. It will be an overcorrection, going too far defense, not enough offense. Um, so I do think that Darvin Ham has made plenty of mistakes, and I do think there's reason to criticize him, him for that. But I also think when we look at, at things like this and say, well, why doesn't Darvin Ham change the starting lineup at halftime? That's, that's not really the norm in the NBA, aside from an injury occurring. Every once in a while it will happen, but... Otherwise, changing a starting lineup at halftime isn't really what, what you see coaches tend to do rather than change the starting lineup at halftime. It's shift minutes, shift minutes more towards something that was working rather than change who's in that starting five. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lucas said nine out of 10 minutes need to go from Torian Prince to D'Lo. 39 minutes WTF. 
So 39 minutes for Torian was too many. I, you know, I, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is in particular, 18 minutes for D'Angelo Russell, six assists, eight, eight points. But with this Celtics team, you look at their starting five. Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown. Then even off the bench, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard, Nemias Queta. What stands out? One of those guys isn't a three-point shooter. D'Angelo Russell isn't great at closing out on the three. In fact, I would he say great off ball in general. In general, yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that has to be part of the discussion in terms of why would Torian Prince get more minutes? I'm not saying Torian Prince is good off ball, but he's probably a better closeout guy than D'Angelo Russell is. I think that's fair. Yeah. 39 minutes is a lot, but I'm not going to lie to you. I can't sit here and watch this game and say, yeah, I want to see more D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. Six assists, cool, but I mean, he had a couple of really just boneheaded offensive plays, and then he he got lost off ball, I want to say at least three times. Like, the main one is the uh, Derek White wide-open layup yeah. in semi-transition. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm cool with the 18 minutes we got from D'Lo tonight. All right, Trey said LeBron and Rui sold. Well, we talked about how they both kind of struggled a little bit. Um, let's do one more and then we'll get into the master lock of the night. Uh, Scappy said D'Lo now limited to 17 minutes. KD is frustrated in Phoenix. Is he? <laughs> what do you think of him playing alongside LeBron and AD? How are you getting Kevin Durant? Yeah. Like, I don't think the Lakers have enough to trade for Donovan Mitchell. I, I like they're not, they don't have enough to trade. The, the Suns gave up everything to get Kevin Durant, all the picks. To get Kevin, they're not going to turn around and, and trade him to the Lakers for the the amount the Lakers have to offer right now. That, that I don't see that as possible. The only team that can get Kevin Durant is the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> yeah, with with all their picks, trade with all trade back for, for Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's that, scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they would never really do it because he's not on their timeline it. at all. But that would be pretty but scary, man. actually. SGA KD Chet. If you wanted to, if, if some team said the world is ending in July, let's do everything we can to win right now. OKC going after Kevin Durant would make a lot of sense. Oh, OKC is winning the title in that scenario because, like, they, like <laughs> just they have all the picks to just go get somebody. <laughs> I guess in that scenario, the nobody would care about the future picks anyway. But yeah, in fair. a world where only Sam Presti knows this information. Yeah, you know about this, about this. I don't know Charles Barkley sized meteor hurtling towards the Earth or something Jeez. like that. <laughs> then, then maybe the Thunder would trade those picks and just get it done. Uh, Michael said, "Frustrating being a Lakers fan since after the chip." Uh, do you mean the uh, the tournament championship or the twenty twenty <laughs> title? I'm gonna assume we're talking twenty twenty. Probably means 2020. You know, the 2020, 2021 season was actually filled with a lot of excitement, a lot of hope. The Lakers were widely viewed as the team that had the best offseason. So I think that's, you know, worth mentioning. I, I really think that season and potentially a championship was just derailed by um, by injuries. 
But other than that, sure, we had the most miserable season in Lakers history after the Russell Westbrook trade. We had uh, a season last year, which was obviously better than the prior one, but half the season was rough. Then they went on a run. Um, sure, there's been there's been some frustration. Though I also say Lakers fans have the bar set extremely high, and rightfully so. I've never reacted to anything in sports like I reacted with that Russell Westbrook trade. And that's going to take that how you will, but that is definitely a slight at Westbrook stands. Oh. Tyler said the starting lineup is terrible offensively. Prince, Reddish, Vando should not be on the court at the same time. Reeves needs to start. We need to start winning consistently, especially with the sixth hardest remaining schedule. It feels like the Lakers have had the most difficult schedule in the league. And I don't know if that's... I, I haven't looked to see if they really have the sixth hardest remaining schedule, but it's felt like the Lakers have had a very difficult schedule up to this point. You look at the month of December, they've been on the road, on the road, on the road, back home for a day, back on the road, back on the road, back on the road. It's It's been it's been crazy, but we said it way back when the schedule was, was released. I want to say that was like mid-August, that looking at the schedule, the, the schedule makers did the Lakers no favors this year. It's a brutal schedule. It lightens up a little bit in January, but go take a look at like mid-March on the closing stretch. Oh my goodness. It's like you think right now is tough. It's tough. It's mm -hmm. tough. So yeah, I mean, no time, no time to mess around and give away wins. You've got to rack up as many as you can because there's gonna be whew, storm clouds ahead, that's for sure. It's the middle of March, the whole month of March. Is it the whole month? I maybe it's I was being overly month. optimistic. Denver, like Denver, OKC, SAC, Milwaukee, Minnesota, SAC, Golden State, Atlanta, Philly, Indiana, Milwaukee, Memphis, Indiana. <laughs> like, sheesh. The best You're thing not... about this schedule in March is that from March 2nd to March 24th, you don't leave California. That's the best thing about this schedule. But you're not, you weren't skipping it. You were reading that verbatim, right? That's verbatim. Oh my gosh. This I don't care where you're playing those teams. That's a difficult schedule. <laughs> you don't leave California and there are no back-to-backs in the month of March oh until like the road trip. Okay, no back-to-backs. But again, it's, it's Milwaukee. It's, it's Denver. Milwaukee. It's like... You get Milwaukee oh. twice. You get Memphis with Jaw at the end of the month. You get Indiana twice. You get uh, Sacramento twice, which over the past, in the Ham era, we have not played Sacramento well at all. Uh, Philly, eh, sheesh. And then, and then even when you get back from the road trip, the last five is Cleveland, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, New Orleans. Like, thanks, NBA. <laughs> Um, you know, when I, when I look at that, when I look at that schedule, that's, uh, that's rough. That's rough. Yes. There's a lot of home games, but that's, that's why rough. that's what, that's where it's going to be the end of March. And we're going to be looking back and saying, Hey, remember that game they gave away against the Spurs when they sat everybody, how much does that hurt right now? This is why. And I, I've, I've been harping on this for years. You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's what buffers you. That's what insulates you against against all these tough stretches. Uh, tough stretches in your schedule. 
It's yeah. what keeps you afloat. Having just put that win in the bank because there's going to be a rainy day when you're going to lose four out of five because you're playing all these tough teams. And then, thank goodness, you banked those wins early on. And we're not saying the Lakers have done a terrible job of that this year, but you didn't take advantage of a few opportunities. Those can really come back to hurt you in March and in April. That's where that uh, that heat game hurts you. That's where yes. both Dallas, Dallas both, games hurt Both you. Dallas games. Yep, the Knicks Antonio, game. Knicks. Yep. I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. You should have lost to Chicago. So, like, that's where... Yeah, those losses really come back to bite you. Absolutely. 100%. All right, guys, let's get to this. Let's get to everybody's uh, favorite segment, the master lock of the night. Let's vent a little bit. What was your most frustrating moment from the night chat? Fire it off in the comment section. The most frustrating part of your Christmas. Master lock of the night. The Master Lock of the Night, Christmas Day edition. Was there anything outside of the game that was frustrating, Sean? No, I'm, I'm actually kind of struggling to, to think what's my Master Lock. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, uh, probably Jackson Ace. There we go. I'll agree with the chat. Jackson Ace. <laughs> he played like nine minutes. And Mike Wolf says Hayes was blocked by a point guard. There we yeah, go. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, D'Lo, Rui's shooting needs to be master locked. Sure. Uh, more D'Lo. Rio, Rui, wide open threes. That's in oh. there. Mas master locked the first quarter. I'm seeing in the chat here. Oh, here we go. Making his uh, cameo appearance on every Master Lock segment. Master Lock, Dylan Brooks. That's there right. Dylan Brooks, uh, wherever you are. Merry Christmas. Here's your Master Lock. Jay Crowder, while we're at it. Grayson Allen. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Matt Peralta. What? What'd you say? Whoa. Whoa. Optimist. Wow. That's Getting very straight. mean. Catching strays on Christmas Day. Wow. That's, that's not good. SMH. Uh, Master Lock, Scott Foster. I did. I mean, you know what? The, the funny thing is that no matter what fan base it is, when they see Scott, Scott Foster on the, on the sheet, they all <laughs> groan. They go, oh, no. That's funny. Oh, no. Ali said, master lock my hat. This is the classic Christmas Day Lakers Santa hat. What's I wear this once a year, every year. I've been wearing it all day. This is not just a for the show thing. I've been wearing this thing all day. I, I I like this hat. I think it's fantastic. What's the Lakers record with your hat, though? I think it's not good. 
because their because their record <laughs> on Christmas Day has not been good. Uh, Justin says from Twitter, Master Lock Daniel Starkin. What what did Daniel do? Why editor extraordinaire? That's like a really random stray. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, right. You pulled from the vault to Master Lock Daniel. Right. He's he's at the games for us. Um, I, you know, I think, I, I think my official master lock. I think it's got to go on this to the starting five. I don't. You know what? I think I think there was energy because something changed. Um. Uh, against OKC, I think the change brought energy to the Lakers against the the Thunder. But I think over the long haul, the deficiencies on the offensive end of the starting five are going to become apparent and they're going to become unsustainable. Like you're not going to be able to stick with this group. I think you need to make the switch. It's just go to Austin as your starter. Uh, Rui or Torian at the three, whoever you want to play there, you can make an argument for either one. Reddish at the two and LeBron and AD. And you have a much more traditional starting five that I think really can work. So that's that's what I would would say is the it's an overcorrection. It's putting out too bizarre of a starting lineup. Look, the the general reaction from NBA fans that are not Lakers fans was, oh my God, what are the Lakers doing to their spacing when the starting lineup was announced? And I I don't think that's necessarily the wrong reaction either. So I think it's the starting five. I think yes, they just changed it. They got the momentary spurt of energy from it, but I think they need to switch it up and go a little more traditional. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more super chat question, and then we'll uh, we'll save the rest for our next show. And let's go with this one. Jarrell said it's infuriating to watch a talented team be inconsistent on both the defensive end and the offensive end of the game. I don't trust this team right now. Changes need to be, be made sooner rather than later. Hashtag trade deadline. Hmm. I I don't, I guess trust, it makes sense to not trust the Lakers because they've been very inconsistent. That's for sure. And, and so that's, a, that's, that's fair. As far as changes, what are you, what are you hoping to see happen with this Lakers team by the trade deadline? Uh, one, you got to get it back up big. That's probably number one on my priority list right now. Go get a legitimate second big. Looking at you, Nick Richards. Come on. Just come on over. Relatively cheap contract, too. I think it's three years, 15 million or something along those lines. Come on. Over this way to the purple and gold. Um, And then I think you need another, like, just do that can play both ends of the floor. Now that comes with a heavy price, unfortunately. But yeah. I've kind of given up on the Alex Caruso trade bandwagon for now, in terms of like getting him. Like the price is pretty high, but granted, it is still December. Sure. That can definitely fall off come the February eighth deadline. Uh, but a, a backup big and another dude that can play both ends of the floor. Okay, you know I, I think that's. That's a good point. And maybe that's where I want to kind of land things here is that I thought it was noticeable that if you look at the Celtics lineup, they've got guys who can do at at bare minimum two things. And most of them can do a lot more than this, but can defend and shoot. 
And I look at the Lakers, and they have a lot of guys who can do one or the other. And so you're kind of reliant on, okay, let me put Torian, who can shoot but not really defend, with Cam, who can defend but not really shoot, or Austin, who can shoot but not really defend, with Cam, who can defend but not really, you know, I mean, or Vando, who can defend but not really shoot. They've, they don't have a lot of guys that can do both. And that's a challenge when you run up against teams that can, that have a lot of guys who can do both of those things. Cough, cough, Denver. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So I don't know. And look, finding those guys is not easy. Teams tend to want to hang on to those guys. So finding those guys who can do both things is difficult. I'm not saying you can solve that at the trade deadline, but that may be something worth exploring at the deadline. Can you find more guys who can do something on both ends of the floor and not just one or the other? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I'll pass. <clears throat> pass. Uh, by the way, honorary mention here, uh, Keith Smith, who hosts the front office show with me and is a Celtics guy, reached out. He said, Master Lock me. He said he just checked in through the through the chat. Honorary Master Lock to, to Keith Smith. Shout out to Keith. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Keith Smith. Does a fantastic job. By the way, if you guys have not checked out the NBA front office show, um, then uh you definitely should go check it out. NBA front office show. Keith Smith and I cover the entire NBA. Check that out over on YouTube, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody. Sean, we want to wrap it up here. Yeah. Are you, are you want to do you want to do an extended edition for your show or uh, are you good? I think I'm good for now. <laughs> I think okay. I'm good talking about the Celtics. Fair, fair enough on Christmas Day. All right, everybody. I do appreciate you guys joining us here on Christmas Day. A Merry Christmas to all of you. Unfortunately, the Lakers gave us a lump of coal in our stockings for this one, but I hope the rest of your day has been much, much better. Uh, we're back tomorrow breaking down all the latest Lakers news. I guess we didn't mention Gabe Vincent official. Uh, yeah. He's going to have surgery on his on his knee. We'll talk about that more on tomorrow's show and what impact that can have on the Lakers. So more to, to break down on tomorrow's show. But again, unfortunately, the Lakers do fall to the Celtics. But Lakers Nation, you guys are the best. Appreciate all of you. Have a very Merry Christmas. Make sure that you do uh, subscribe across platforms here with Lakers Nation. Sean? Merry Christmas, my friend. Always always uh, a treat breaking down Lakers basketball with you. Absolutely, man. Merry Christmas to you as well, bro. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com